0: what's going on everybody you are now listening to another episode of what i always call your favorite podcast this is the best of the best maverick's guide to success i am your host maverick levy first and foremost as i always start the podcast episodes i want to thank everyone for listening to This episode, but hopefully other episodes of the podcast as well. Your support means the absolute world to me and the guests because it lets us know that people are out there. They're listening. They're staying active and paying attention to what we do and how we do it. So of course, I appreciate you. If you have not yet, please, please make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. It takes two seconds. You can do it even while you're listening right now. If you're driving, please don't look at your phone. But when you get to your destination, please please make sure you do subscribe to this podcast. Other few things I always like to mention in an intro is check out the social media pages. We recently hired someone, Tyler, shout out Tyler to... Take over all of the social media for the podcast. You can follow the accounts at tbotbpod at tbotbnetwork, and you'll see a lot of different new content coming out on those, I guess, channels. However, you want to put them, and we're across all social media platforms: TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, any and everything you can think of. We're on there. We're also on every platform you can listen to podcasts on. So tell a friend, tell a family member. Tell a co-worker, tell the random person on the street to listen to the podcast. And today's interview is someone that I was really excited to sit down and talk to because we're friends, but he is also a young entrepreneur. He's hustling, he's closing deals, and he's really getting in his groove and has an awesome thing. He's built a company from the ground up, and I can't wait for you all to hear his story. So in the meantime, before we get into the interview, also check out the network TBOTB network i not by the time this episode airs but by the next one there should be another show on the network as well so we're excited for that and shout out db podcast they are the best of the best in what they do shout out jordan miles and benny they know i love them over there also check out captain picks i think there will be a little ad read in this episode of the best of the best to talk about captain picks so make sure you're keeping an eye a lot of things going on just stay active on social media so that you can see it all and let's hop in to this week's interview On today's episode, we have not only someone that is truly the best of the best, but he's a close friend. His name is Cole Boucher. He is the CEO and founder of Essential Hospitality. Welcome to the podcast, Cole. Thanks for having me. Of course. And for all of you listening out there, you know that DB Podcast produces this podcast. Shout out Mr. Miles Davis. He edits, he does his whole 90 yards to make the podcast sound good. And when we record these podcasts, we always want it to be in the environment that the guest feels most comfortable in, sort of their home base. So we are currently sitting at... One of the properties that Cole's team runs, which is the Found Blue Hotel in Miami Beach, which I'm pretty sure probably everyone listening right now has probably heard of the Found Blue in some aspects. So give us a skinny about yourself, Cole, how old you are, what your company does, and how you were founded. Give us that whole rundown.
1: So uh, I run a company called Essential Hospitality. I'm, I'm 24 years old. It's a hospitality company. A lot of uh, A lot of hotels uh, hire third-party companies to come in and and take over operations that are, you know, they won't even be able to function best, right? So basically what we do is is we run pool operations. That's what my company does. Didn't start off that way, but I'm glad I I made it here. So uh, basically I uh, I was a junior at Florida State University uh, I grew up in, in hospitality. Uh, my family owns a company called Boucher Brothers. They're the biggest beach concession company uh, in the, I would say the country. Um, but it's really also, the world, right? I would love to say the world, but you know, we haven't been to that market yet. We haven't tapped into the rest of the countries, but definitely in the, in the United States, uh, they've monopolized it the beach concessions. Uh, so we run group events, beach concessions, water sports uh, through Miami Beach, Hollywood Beach, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, mostly up the peninsula of of Florida, right? Clearwater, Naples, uh, Tampa. Uh, So that's where I started. That's where I learned hospitality and I learned to love it. Uh, My dad threw me on the beach when I was 13 years old. I couldn't talk to a guest until uh, four weeks into the job. Uh, because he made me get the fundamentals, right? Raking the sand, uh, picking up trash, just making sure that the operation was successful without putting in that hospitality aspect to it. Um, But once I started doing that, I kind of learned what I needed to do to be successful out on the beach. Worked in many different avenues of their company, of the the brother's company, uh, and kind of learned everything, right? I learned groups, I learned, uh, you know, food and beverage, uh, management, uh, being a director, right? Kind of having all these different people that were helping me out throughout the company that kind of led me to, to where I needed to be, right? So I went to school, uh, again, at Florida State University, and I did a lot of partying up there, had a lot of fun, and it got to my junior year, and I was so tired of it, and I wanted to leave, and, uh, you know, that was before covid and i had this idea in my head about hospitality being super transactional which now you can see it's all about going and spending money at these places and right. and having um let's say i hate using this word but the clout right and and having that experience right i felt that hospitality was missing that emotional aspect to it right like really having an emotional part of the service so i came up with a company name essential hospitality uh, and at the time, it kind of worked out perfect because we're getting close to, to COVID, which is probably the worst time to start a hospitality company. <laughs> literally. Uh, literally the worst time to start a hospitality company. But, you know, I ran with it. I left school, came here, pitched my ideas to a few hotels, uh, getting a lot of no's. Right. Uh, and again, the concept wasn't pools. It was actually like a mobile concierge service. Uh, I wanted to you know, staff, guest service ambassadors within the hotel that are knowledgeable about not only the hotel, but Miami in general, right? To give these guests an experience. A lot of the time you, you walk around, especially at this hotel, the Fountain Blue, you walk around and guests are still lost because it's so massive. I right, mean, there's yeah. like, there's 1,500 rooms here. There's 11 pools. There's seven restaurants. Uh, it, it's a big hotel. So, you, you know, you walk the halls and you look at people and they're confused. They don't know what to do next. So I uh, was trying to figure out a way to, staff individuals that cared about people's interests, right? And, and what they wanted to do and catering for their experience here in mind, because best thing about hospitality is everyone's here for a reason, right? Everyone has a reason to go on either vacation or, or, you know, you're celebrating a promotion or you're celebrating an anniversary, a divorce, a breakup, you know, you can just be coming here to get away from your family. So whatever you're doing in, at a hotel, you're, you're there for a reason, right? So I uh, ended up pitching that idea, got the yes from the fountain blue, one of my mentors, Mr. Phil Goldfarb, uh, he gave me the opportunity to work here, be here, and uh, first week we started, and first case of COVID hit Miami. Wow! So we, they wanted to cut the cord on the contract, and uh, you know, obviously, a lot of people were letting you know go of, of staff, and you know, I I said, hey guys, there's something that I can do here that will make me I uh, hate this wordplay but essential to to being here to to the hotel, so my staff started not just being a mobile concierge, but uh, taking temperatures and mask mandates at the hotel. I only had 18 members at the time. Wow. So we did that for about 12 months. Uh, we, my team was getting TripAdvisor reviews for 30, 40 second interactions, just taking temperatures. And when the hotel got to, uh, you know, 100% capacity in, in February of 2020, there was only five people working out at this pool uh, at the hotel and, and you know, the hotel wasn't ready to take on this massive amount of people we we're on the brink of uh you know the holidays coming in so they asked me if i would be able to handle this and i took it on right away and i had an amazing support team around me i mean the team that i had already came in and we just worked on the fly and we figured it out along the way
0: so two things i want to pull out of what you said number one for those of you listening i kind of already knew cole's story a little bit but i wanted you all to hear it because i think it's a great one like yourself and I, Cole, there's a lot of entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs in our age range that listen to this show. And the one thing I want to pull out that we'll start off with is you leaving college because obviously that's a big jump to make. I think a lot of people might feel the same way, but they feel pressure to stay and do certain things. So I want to ask you, when you made that decision to leave, how did your family think of you? How did your friends think of you? How did you think of yourself?
1: Well, listen, I think that I got to be real here. You know, I had an amazing uh, background, I had an amazing upbringing. Um, my family was very supportive of anything that I did. I was never good at school. That was the story of my life growing up. Never was an A, B student, right? C's and D's, that's how we ride. Uh, so I, I always struggled in school, and, and it really uh, set my mindset to think that I was going to be a failure in life. So it's like, it's kind of that toxic behavior. If you're in a toxic relationship, you want to get out of it, right? Yeah. School, me and school, that was a toxic relationship and I needed to get out of it. Uh, so, you know, for people listening that, that are thinking of making that move, if you believe in yourself, you should make that move for yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I believed in myself. I believed in my vision. Uh, I also had something to fall back on. You know, I had a family business that is very successful um, that, you know, if my dream didn't work, uh, I knew I was good at that, and I always knew I was good at hospitality. So I knew that's that's where I was gonna go.
0: Right, it's kind of in your blood. Exactly. Yeah, no, I I resonate with you in the same regard that I went to law school. I planned mm-hmm. my the last now, you know, five years of my life from a senior in high school to graduating college based upon wanting to go to law school. I went to law school for one day, which was orientation. I absolutely hated it. I stuck it out for another like two weeks. And then I ended up actually leaving almost a year ago during the holiday weekend that's coming up here. So I was like, you know, and to me, it was a little bit different because my family had really wanted me to go to law school. It was kind of instilled in me in a certain sense. But like you, I believed in the vision and like the things that when I look back and reflect right now, and I see like what I was able to accomplish in only a year of leaving, like all those opportunities, all those business deals, you know, all the quote unquote money that's mm-hmm. to be made would have never been there in three years, I don't believe exactly. these opportunities wouldn't have been there. So 100% for all of you listening out there, like I don't want to be the one that says, like, don't go to college. Like if <laughs> you want to go to college and you feel it's right for you, 100% go. But yeah. if you have a vision, if you believe in yourself, exactly like Cole said, Then 100% do what your heart wants to do because you'll regret not making that decision later in life. Exactly. You'll regret not doing that. The other thing I wanted to pull out of what you said from your whole story of success is pivoting. You were able to pivot at a time when people sort of had their hands in their pants like what the fuck am I supposed to do? You came in here, you got your dream contract, your dream Mm. gig, and then all of a sudden this pandemic hit. No one could have ever expected it. No one could have ever thought that this was actually going to happen. But then, like you said, you were able to pivot. You started taking temperatures. You were enforcing the mask mandate Mm -hmm. that was on property. You made yourself known to management that, hey, like I wasn't just here for one reason. I'm able to do a bunch of different things. And I think that's also important for the listeners to understand that in order to be successful, you can have a certain plan and you can plan from A to Z, but sometimes your plans don't align with what the world has going on. And so as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, you were able to pivot and create more success, more opportunities for yourself in a time where people were really like, you know, all right, this is a time where I'm going to sort of take it into first gear and just relax. And I think that's been the difference maker even now, like the people that were able to do something during COVID instead of just sit around and do nothing. Yeah. Those are the people that clearly have drive in them and are motivated to a certain extent. So I think it's awesome, bro, what you created. It's awesome what you have built for yourself. How many people do you currently have on your team now?
1: So currently we have 90 working at the Fountain Blue, um, but we have 120 as of now. Uh, We're looking into more properties, so we're gonna add more people to uh, what I like to call our, our family, our essential hospitality family. But yeah, right now we're looking at the Fountain Blue. We got 90 people here.
0: And so you run, your company runs the pool deck. Yes. At the found blue. So yes. so what are the different roles and positions that people have running a pool deck?
1: Yeah. So basically we have our, uh, you know, we have our pool hut ambassadors. Those are your first impression people, right? That you see when you first get out here. Uh, those are the people that would check you into the cabanas, beds, uh, give you towels, sunscreen, whatever the case is. Those are just the first people you see. Uh, when you come onto the pool. Then we have our pool attendants, those are just the pool boys that come around, they give you the towels, they set your chairs up, they uh, adjust your umbrella, make sure that you're having a great day, bring your ice water. And then we have our servers and you know, we all know what the servers do. You right. know, they take the food order, they get the party started. And then we have our management team and some runners and you know tr- uh, people that uh, you know pick up the trash here. I mean, those are very important to our team because we try to keep this pool as clean as possible um uh, yeah our maintenance people that's that's about it
0: so so a question that i'll ask you when someone comes to the pool right they're saying at the hotel that hey i want two three chairs Mm -hmm. what is a typical tip that you believe from someone in your position that they should be giving to those pool boys or pool girls that's an amazing
1: question i've never been asked that question before that's an amazing question so i think you really got to understand the background, right? The, the behind the scenes, like it, to you, you're just coming out to your chair, right? But the setup of it, right? The trash that was cleaned up around it, uh, the adjustments that they had to make aligning everything so it's in perfect symmetry. So
0: there's are working a, in 100 degrees yeah, there's all day a lot of work that goes yeah. into it.
1: And, and not only do people not understand, like working on the beach is hard, right? Because the sun's bouncing off of the sand. But when you're working on the turf, people that play like sports that played on turf understand how heat bounces off the ground. Uh, and, and on turf because it's plastic under it. So it bounces up and right. it's so hot. It's like you're in a hot box. But to go back to the question, I think that, listen, I, it's a little bit of a stretch, but if someone sits me down and they provide amazing service to me, I'm going to give them 20 to $50, depending on how great they are. Uh, they're busting their ass out there and it's so hot. Um, but if they provide me subpar service, I'm still going to throw them something, right? Because yeah. they're out there. But it probably won't be enough, as much as I would throw someone who's going to give me a, an amazing, yeah. warm welcome, right?
0: Yeah, 100%. I think from a consumer standpoint, right? I've never been in your side yeah. on the operations end of things. But from a consumer standpoint, whenever these people, you know, they take care of you, they have a smile on their face from the time. you. They, it's an interesting job that I think people don't really understand. Like, oh, you're just a pool boy. But at a place like the Fountain Blue, you're a pool attendant for someone that's on vacation. Yep. So they're trying to enjoy, you know, they want everything to go as smooth as possible. They want you to be bending over backwards for them. Absolutely. And I think a lot of the time, especially in our age range, people kind of just like, oh, like, you know, it's their job. I like, they're still going to do it if I tip them or if they're I don't their tip hourly. them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the end of the day, they're working to provide you, you a service, yeah. right? Absolutely. You know, if no one comes to the pool that day, All they're making is what Cole's paying them hourly, you know? And at the end of the day, if they're providing you a service that, all right, cool, you didn't lay a single finger down to help with your towel or how Mm -hmm. about the chairs? You have to take the chairs away at nighttime and put them back. Sometimes
1: when there's groups in-house, we'll we'll have to move the chairs out. Yeah. so there's uh, a lot cleaning, that yeah. goes
0: into it, like you said, but from a consumer standpoint, I agree with you. Twenty to fifty dollars. Yeah. I think is more than fair for someone that's putting in, yeah, maybe it only costs them in time sense five to ten minutes to yeah. set up your chairs for you and your girlfriend or your significant other, your family. But at the end of the day, it's all the other factors that go into it. Well, holy shit, it's today, it's hot as hell outside yeah. today. And you know, they're gonna be out there all day working their ass off. You know, you better give them something exactly. to make them feel appreciated. And that's the the transaction that yeah. you were talking about. That is what we should be understanding. And, you know, as we were walking up, I didn't see any signs that said like tipping or no tipping no. like they do on some properties. We don't solicit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think, though, you know, w- do you see a lot of people tip what you think they should or is this something that like when someone doesn't tip anything, are your people pissed?
1: So great question. Uh, I always tell my team and this is something we, we have trainings every Friday. Right. So every Friday morning I come in and I train my team um, with my uh, vice president of my company, Max Berlowitz, who you'll meet later. Yeah. Uh, But we do trainings on Fridays. And the one thing that we go over most of the time is not to be discouraged. Right. Uh, If you go out of your way and go above and beyond for someone and they don't take care of you the way you think that you should be taken care of for the service you provided, don't be discouraged. Don't miss out on another opportunity just because that person didn't take care of right. you. Right, so that's, that's the one thing. It's like, again, it's so hot out here. And yes, there's no signs about tipping on the pool, but these guys make a killing out here. I mean, on a Saturday, some of these guys can walk out with 600 to $800 a day in cash in their pocket. I mean, there's so much landscape out here and so many people out here that, that want to have a great time. And, uh, you know, they're here for multiple days. So sometimes, you know, a, a guy will set them up and I'll get $100. Hey, I'm here for three days. You know, make sure when I come down, my stuff is set up. Make sure my stuff is ready. But we make sure there's a fine line right, right there, right? Because we don't want to save seating. Reserve seating mostly for the rentals that we do within the pool.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Now, it's an interesting space. It's funny because... A property that we won't talk too much about but the Boca resort when i was like 10 years old 11 years old i used to like love the pool boys and i would like yeah. dre- i would like come with my family when they were going to the pool to relax i would like come dressed up in like this clothes i could find that were similar to them yeah. and like fuck around and help out like setting <laughs> yeah, chairs yeah. up you know yeah and it's the same thing because you have people that are so miserable and it's like how can you be so miserable. Such a beautiful place. Yeah. And of course, everyone's going through something, and no one—yeah, one, no, yeah, no one really knows. But at the end of the day, like, how can you be so miserable in a place like this? And number two, like I said before, if someone's taking care of you, you need to reciprocate. Your appreciation to them and the way to reciprocate it in this environment isn't by saying thank you. That's part of it. But the other part of it is handing them some cash, making sure that, you know, you're on vacation. Most time people that go on vacation, what do they do before they pack? They make sure they have enough cash when they are on vacation. So all those things go into it but as a business owner that runs a hospitality company specifically focused on the pool deck at the Fountain Blue right now, Mm. what's the biggest challenge that you face on a day-to-day basis?
1: Oh my God. I think the biggest challenge here, right, is the volume, right? There's so many people that come out. I mean, we see millions of people a year, right? Yeah. Um, So that is probably one of the biggest challenges. We can be having a perfect day. We can have all of our cabanas sold out, the team, the morale is high. Everyone's doing a great job. Uh, and then there's that one complaint, right? Because you're going to find it. There's thousands of people out here. There's going to be something that goes wrong. Of course. Nothing's perfect. Yeah, but that that's probably the... It's just such a big landscape. So controlling the volume here is is definitely one of the hardest parts about working at the Blue. But then again, I and I've always said this, if you can work here, you can work anywhere in hospitality. Because this hotel is just such a monster uh and the passion that it takes to actually work out here uh it's unbelievable and you know going kind of going back to what we were saying before you know people are so quick to you know judge the pool boy right it's just oh he's just a pool boy you know whatever but whatever the stigma is behind it but at the end of the day the way i look at it is not only is it such an important position within the hotel, but if you think about this, right? You go to the front desk, how long is your front desk interaction when you're getting your key? It's about 10, 15 minutes, right? Hopefully.
0: Yeah. All right. Valet. Hopefully. valet,
1: you give the ticket to the guy. Uh, that you know, might be
0: longer than check-in at yeah, the valet. <laughs> yeah, but,
1: but the interaction, right? He, true, he's not, true. you're just sitting there waiting for your car. True, true. Two when minutes. You're, when you're at a restaurant, hour 30, right? Yeah. You're at the table, you're sleeping for six to seven hours in your room you're out here for eight hours, six to eight hours. So that's the most time that an employee is going to spend with a guest right. and the whole property. So it's so important that you have the perfect people out here. And that's why I felt that, you know, when I started the company, the hiring process was the most important part to being successful yeah. here. It was finding a, a supporting cast that can produce my vision out here.
0: And in a time like this where people say, and I struggle with it myself, that it's so hard to find Good work. I know Cole's got a trick. He doesn't share my secrets. He never shares his secrets. But so I guess the question I'll ask, and you'll hear why I'm saying that is, so do you find it difficult to find team members or is it something that comes easy to you because of your tricks of the trade?
1: Well, I'll tell you that there are good people everywhere that want to work, right? Now, it helps when you have an iconic name behind you when you're hiring. Uh, however, a lot of people judge people too soon, right? Uh, you go into an interview, you might not be qualified for the job. You might not have been to the best school. Uh, you don't have enough work experience. When I look at a resume, I, and I always do this on purpose. When someone comes in for an interview, I, my team, uh, it's me, Max and, uh, my financial officer, Matt um we we do all the interviewing right? Sometimes the managers do interviews, however, we do most of the hiring for the company uh, and what i 'll do purposely is someone will walk in and everyone's always nervous for an interview, right yeah, so one thing I'll always do is A, hey, I, I can tell you're nervous let's let we're just having a conversation here, right? Get them to my level more personalized right? I'll look at the resume i 'll put it down i won 't even skim through it i won 't ask some questions about it. I just want to talk to that person one on one because I feel that if you relate to that person and you get personal with them, obviously I'm explaining the job and how hard it is and what you need to do to be successful here. But if I can have a good conversation with that person, I can kind of see that they're going to be good. Now, I'm not always right, but most of the time, we've done a great job hiring people here. I mean, they're amazing people. Some of them aren't qualified to do this job, but if you believe in someone and you have their best interest forward, they're going to work their ass off for you.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. You got to build the culture, be the leadership that huge. is leading by example. That's Absolutely. like the slogan of this show is always lead by example. Absolutely. No matter, I always say no matter what you do in life, no matter if you're in a classroom setting, yep. you're walking on the side of the street on the sidewalk, you always should lead by example. And I think that's what you've exactly mm. done. You've taken this concept that's been around for what? 50, 60, 70 yeah. years of having a pool attendant, you know, back in the day, they're rubbing sunscreen on you and yeah. doing the whole thing. But you've taken it, modernized it and made it so that it's something I've recognized. And of course, like I've just recognized this on social media mm-hmm. more than I have in person. It seems like your team is always happy to come to work. Yeah. You know, they're always happy to come here. And of course, this is an awesome place to Absolutely. be employed at. And you know, your work is at the pool deck, right? But at the yeah. end of the day, it's work. It's not the same enjoyment that someone's getting if they're staying in the hotel coming down. Mm-hmm. How have you built the culture of your business around that idea? What have you done differently than you know, things that maybe you've observed from a distance in certain other companies?
1: Uh, great question. I think that the most important thing you can do is be there for people, right? You know, I am the owner and founder and CEO of my company but I will answer the phone for anyone that calls me. I will um, help solve a problem if it arises. Right. So just being there for people and showing them that you care uh, whenever I walk around this pool, I mean, you can ask any of my employees. I always ask a stop, ask them how their day is, you know, if they're OK to be at work. Right. Because sometimes, you know, people I, I won't share too much information. I was before you came. There's one of my servers came to me and there's an issue with her housing and uh, you know, she's having a problem, you know, just making sure that she knows that I'm there for her, whatever she needs. She needs me to get her hotel room for the night so that she can, you know, kind of recuperate and, and be okay for work. Because, you know, again, we said it earlier, not everyone's going to have their best days. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and you can't expect that from people and you can't hold people accountable to that. But making them feel uh, you know, love, right? That's all we can do here. And that's what starts your culture, right? Yeah. Is that love? And it's, it's kind of cheesy to say, you know, why is mom's cooking so great? Well, she puts love into it. Well, why is this company so great? We put love into it every day. You know, yeah. I'm here every day, every day. And they reach out to me, um, the staff, we do team outings every two months, three months, uh, where we go to top golf or we go bowling, give them drink tickets, raffle out iPads, TVs, uh, you know, uh, we do tr- incentives for our team. I mean, they're constantly ways to make sure that they're enjoying their work. Right. That's what's important here.
0: Yeah, that's what's most important, I yeah. think, in building any company is at the end of the day, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs and I myself did this when I founded a few companies that have since failed, yeah. but failure is a part of success. But absolutely is instead of chasing the dollar, you have to chase the culture. You have to build the culture that people want to be a part of you have to build the company that people want to be a part of because at the end of the day you're only as good as those that are behind you yeah you know you're you're a leader but if someone is fucking off at the pool deck and being rude to someone that's still a reflection of you yeah and that's why you know asking how the day is and making sure that that lady who you know i hope everything's going okay but Knowing that she has you in the back of her head, Mm -hmm. I bet that helps her feel so comfortable, not even at work, just in life in general, that she has someone else that cares about her, you know, that has the ability to support her when the time comes or when she needs that. And I think that's so important. I think that's why you'll continue to be successful and continue to grow your company. And, you know, I'm proud to call you a friend in that regard and in that manner, because, you know, I see firsthand there's not... In today's world, you see more of it since you live in Miami. That's Mm -hmm. like an ultra, you know, entrepreneurship. Everyone is trying to be someone here. But at the end of the day, there's a very, very small percentage of the population that's our age. That's really trying to create an empire for ourselves. And you're actually in the same position as me where it's like you grew up. And, you know, having everything you needed and more. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you didn't want to fuck around. And because I've seen this before and like throw that away. Instead, you want to build on top of it, create more success. If you're given this opportunity, why not build on it? That's the thing that drives me crazy is like some of these, I'll call them now young adults out there that like have an opportunity to you know, start an idea from scratch and it doesn't matter if they fail because their family has the wealth available for them yep. to fail. And instead they just want to like fuck off and do nothing. Yeah. You know The I mean? only people would kill to be in that opportunity. Exactly. It blows my mind why people don't take advantage of that and understand how grateful they need to be and how blessed they need to be in that position.
1: And someone's doing it, right? And, exactly. And while, while, you're, while you're, you know, messing around, someone's grinding.
0: Exactly. In an era where watching sports means making money from your couch,
1: there's only one team to join. Captain Picks! Captain Picks was created to help break all bookies for beginning bettors or seasoned veterans. Strategy, expertise, bankroll management. By signing up for a daily, weekly or monthly subscription, you receive an all-access pass to curated U.S. and global sports picks that are made by professional handicapping captains 24-7. Make money around the clock. This is a community built of men and women just like you who want to win but don't have time to attack the lines alone. Use promo code Vcash at checkout to get a buy one, get one free on any one-time membership purchase
0: at CaptainPix.com. Captain Pix, the time to win is now. How do you balance work and personal life? Oh, I don't. You don't?
1: (laughs) I don't. I don't (laughs) go out. There's not much personal life. This is my life. Hospitality. This is our life, right? Uh, I actually live with Max, oh, so he, we live together. So the best part about that is that we're always working, right? Yeah, uh, we're always hanging out and talking on what we could be doing better, uh, brainstorming ideas on what the team needs, what the hotel needs, you know, and and. You know, I, I, again, I'm not just saying them because they're breathing down my neck right now. But, (laughs) you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now without their help. And because the one thing my dad always taught me was like, you know, don't be afraid of your weaknesses, right? Use your weaknesses to your advantage and put your weaknesses out there because someone's strength could be your weakness and, you know, their weaknesses could be my strength. So we balance each other out perfectly. Uh, and, And, you know, the one thing that I love about working with them is that, uh, they believe in my vision and essential hospitality's vision as much as, you know, I do. Right. So uh, that's definitely a, a amazing part about. Yeah, having mobile. that
0: synergy with people on your team that, you know, align with your goals and your yeah. vision, that's the most important because I've been a part of projects before where, you know, three people were on the same page, but you had two people not on the same page Absolutely. and they're going to be butting heads all day long. And, yeah you're trying to make a decision where these two other people don't agree with the decision. And of course it's good to have some pushback, but to a certain extent, butting heads like that is it's not healthy. It's not, it's just toxic. It is, but it's just not productive, right? You need to figure out a solution so that you can get past that. All right, cool. You try your way. We'll try our way. Whoever succeeds more, whatever numbers do better. That's the way that we're going to have to go with. Yeah. But listen, at the end of the day, like the pool is only open during the day, right? Yeah. Not during the nighttime
1: no sometimes we do events okay. at, like out here like we had uh we have uh maxim uh come in here and do uh halloween parties uh capture studios based out of california um you know owner of capture studios his name's Mac matt Gavin. he's a great guy he came out here and struck an amazing deal with the hotel uh where they do uh you know blue live events uh, the last blue live event we had was a three-day stretch for f1 uh calvin harris david Guetta. And uh, who's the other one? Claptone, I, b- I believe that's the DJ. But we had, I mean, all weekend we had five thousand people on the pool deck. So our team worked eight hours, right? I mean, more than eight hours. But the closers worked like eight hours, and then ate dinner, right? We we brought them chicken kitchen for those of you from Miami and know chicken kitchen. Unreal shout out Chicken Kitchen, but uh, we brought them food and then they changed and then they worked another six to seven hours. Wow, until like four in the morning. Wow, because we're like, you know, it's a grind out here, and they and it's not only that, like, I'm so proud of the people that work here. Like, they really have endurance and you know, they make a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, yeah. it's a grind, but. At the end of the day, it's, it's all love. They do it because they love it. They don't ha- we don't have to do those events. They don't have to sign up to do it. I don't, I don't make them do it. It's like, hey, who wants to be part of this event? If I don't have enough, I'll figure it out. But I always have too many people for right, the events.
0: That's, and that's, a, that's always a good thing to have always. too many. Yeah. But my point in saying that is your nighttime is your time to unwind and relax to a certain extent.
1: Absolutely. Because the brain
0: um, never shuts off. At least mine doesn't. My brain can... I I try everything under the sun. I can never shut it off. Yeah. But at least at nighttime, like, my whole thing, you know, I get home. I live with my girlfriend. We have two dogs. Like, I love walking through the door, Absolutely. hanging with them, having dinner, relaxing yeah. on the couch, watching a movie. Like, that's my unwind time. What's your unwind time?
1: Unwind time. Uh, my girlfriend, Emily, uh, and, and I have a dog, Golden Retriever named Mac. Oh, right. Uh, right. She's awesome. Seen, yeah. I've seen her on uh, social media. Yeah. And we, and Max is there, right? Max lives in the house with us, like I said. Uh, so we, we hang around, you know, our, our downtime. I love cooking.
0: So okay. like, I'll work
1: like six to eight hours a day and then I'll go home and like cook a two hour meal. And I love that. Amazing. Uh, Take the dog on a walk, play some Blacktop 2K uh, with Max. Nice. While we kind of talk about strategy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And the coolest part is we have this house, right? And so he has his bedroom, I have my bedroom. And then we have this other bedroom that's that's our office. uh, And that's kind of like the brainstorming area. We have a couch in there and we kind of talk. We have our inspirational quotes on the wall. I thought it'd be better to frame them. Max thought it'd be better to tape them to the wall. I disagree with that. But anyway, <laughs> they're there in words of affirmation on success. And, you know, it's um, mostly every day, like, just having that time to, to digest the day, right? But also, like, be grateful for what you have and, and reflect on, you know, yep. things going on around the world and things going around around the people that are in your life. So, yeah, it's a good unwinding time.
0: Yeah, no, the, everyone's got that. You know, there's this whole... Like, thing, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, whatever it is, where it's, like, work, 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 work. You're not going to succeed unless you make your bed in the morning. Yeah. You're not going to do all this different shit. I saw this one guy say, like, fuck that. I forget his name. So, you know, credit to whoever he is. But
1: What, the guy who said M- first thing you do, make your bed?
0: No, oh. first thing you do is, like, he's, like, all these people said that you, you should make your bed in the morning. He's That's like, the first fuck. success, right? Well, he said, this guy said, like, fuck that. He's, like, I- I've made, like, $10 million in the past year, and yeah. I haven't made my bed one time. Yeah. You know, but... Personally, I think making your bed in the morning is important. That's me personally. I think that. Uh, So I think that, you know, like there's this whole thing going on online right now with like fake gurus, people like Andrew Tate, like (laughs) different type of people where it's like you have to be a workhorse. You have to grind, grind, grind. Well, that's true. You also need to maintain like a sense of gratitude. Like you said, you need to be responsible for your actions. You need to be thankful for the position that you're in. Like every day when I go home or when I drive home, I drive home on A1A, which mm-hmm. for those of you that are not in Florida, it's the road that's right next to the beach. And I can never, like I'm always grateful for my drive home. I, I always say no matter how good my day is, no matter how bad my day is, my drive home like always grounds me. Cause like, well, I get to drive next to like $65 million homes yep. and it's it so motivating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so motivating. So I want everyone out there to know like there's no uniform cookie cutter way to create success. Everyone has their own little, shit that they do, their own little, you know, things that help them feel better, or help them think, or help them produce more. Yeah. Like there's no cookie cutter way. And I think that's what everyone nowadays is trying to find. Like the get rich quick cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. Like let me open up an Amazon drop shipping store. Yeah. You know, like all that kind of shit. Where it's like at the end of the day, yeah, sure, maybe that's gonna make you a buck or two, but like build an empire. Like yeah. you guys are building here that you can replicate and take somewhere else. Like you could go to any pool deck now and take it over and run it just as efficiently as you run this. one. And we will. Absolutely. And we will. will.
1: It's just about the opportunity. And, and the one thing I wanted to, you know, kind of bring forward is, you know, my dad got me this necklace, uh, I think it's like my birthday or whatever. I was starting the company. It says, work hard, stay humble. And I've always had it on my neck, right? Uh, Every day. And by staying humble, you know, you might be having a great week, great day, whatever the case is, you're making a lot of money, uh, but always treat people with respect, always be nice to people. That's something that my dad set the tone for yeah. with me early in life. Um, I would never be here without obviously the people that i named already, Max, Matt, uh, my girlfriend, Emily, but the, in business, right? Like uh, Patrick Fisher, he's the, the president of the hotel. He blessed me with the opportunity to be here. Right. And it's re-signed my contract. Uh, Philip Goldfarb, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, he was, he's been the president here for 12 years, uh, I believe. And now he's in, in the corporate office working on new projects with Fountain Blue Development. Uh, so they've been amazing role models for me to look up to. Jeffrey Sofer, Brooke Sofer, the Sofer family. They own this property, the Fountain Blue Hotel. They've been unbelievably welcoming to me and, and my company and my team uh, and, and blessing us with the opportunities to be here. So just grateful for them. And, and last but not least, my father, Michael, Michael Boucher. Um, he, he's he been a blessing in my life. And and I I cannot take credit for anything that I've done without uh, crediting him because everything I've literally learned was through him. And obviously the uh, the brothers as well, Steven, Jimmy and Perry, uh, my aunt Sandy, my mother, I, I'm shouting out a bunch of people no, right now, but, but listen, gotta give you, credit you where got credit's to. deserved, yeah. right? And, and I believe in, you know, going back to my dad, Literally, there'd be issues that came up. I want to tell a story real go quick. Ahead, it's, go It's ahead. hilarious. Uh, it's actually my first day ever working uh, with my company, right? Like, I, I started my company, we are doing the, the check ins, the mobile concierge, and the temperature checks. And um, funny story. So, I was having a really tough day because uh, obviously, you know how it is when you're trying to tell people to put a mask on and they don't want to wear a mask, especially especially in in Florida. Florida, Yeah, there you go. Uh, So, you know, I'm sitting in the lobby trying to tell people, put on masks, they're telling me to, you know, to screw myself, fuck off, whatever the case is, Uh, really having a miserable time. And while the day's progressing, I'm like, wow, uh, uh, my vision is just not going to work. And, um, you know, I end the day, right, and I'm going to get my car. And I see this guy being super rude to the valet lady, like screaming at her, banging on the glass. Uh, she starts crying, holds up the whole, you know, valet line, and uh, again, day couldn't get any worse. Another 45 minutes of just—I wanted to get home, right? Uh, so I get in my car, and one of my employees calls me, and, and he's like, "Oh, you—my backpack in your car." I swing around, I give him my backpack, and I see these older like couple, this older couple, and they're walking in the valet. And instantly, like off the bat, I realized that they have no idea what they're doing, right? They're just, they looked out of it. Uh, I think the gentleman had um, uh, dementia or Alzheimer's. I'm not too sure, Uh, but he was walking. They looked very lost and the wife was a little bit slower. So she was walking behind him. She was trying to call his name. He wasn't answering. So I got out of my car. I'm like, you know, no one's helping. He's walking through the valet, no one's helping. And I got out of my car and I'm, you know, I'm holding this lady. I'm trying to catch up with the husband. Catch up to the husband, and, and he looked. You know, I'm asking him, Hey, where, where are you guys going to eat, or what are you guys doing here? And oh, we're going to Hakkasan. And um, no, they want to go to Scarpetta, the Italian restaurant here. And I was like, Oh, it's COVID. The only restaurants open is, is Hakkasan. Uh And oh, no, we have, they were insistent on having reservations at Scarpetta. So I said, Okay, let me figure it out. And as I was, you know, trying to collect my thoughts and get a hold of someone who would know, uh, the gentleman looked at me and said, I'm, I'm going to fall. I need you to get me a chair. And we are in the middle of valet. So I had a valet guy hold on to the guy. I run inside. Me and one of the directors of food and beverage running with wheelchairs overhead, put him down. As I'm putting the, the gentleman down in the wheelchair, he shits his pants like oh on me. right? God. And I'm like, I, when I like, I have like a gag reflex. So if I smell <laughs> something gross, like I'm gagging.
0: Yeah. So I'm putting this guy
1: down. <laughs> and I just remember like being so worked up over... The day, the valet, you know, the guy being rude to the lady. And then these this old couple, like not knowing what, what's going on, and they're just lost. And uh, you know, and the food and beverage director, John Ricardo, um, has worked here many years. He told me, oh, you know, we'll take care of them, we'll make sure they're okay. And I remember calling my dad that night and breaking down, like hysterically crying, right? Cause I'm like, my vision's not gonna work. You know, uh, no one believes in, you know, the emotional service that I'm trying to push. And my dad started laughing on the phone. He called me a pussy. And uh, (laughs) he told me, he's like, it's your first day. Like, just get over it. And the best part, and Max, I always say this to Max, but the best part about a bad day is that tomorrow's a fresh start. You get to wake up and have a a new day. And the next day I came in and I was ready to work. And uh, I was in the lobby taking temperatures. And this lady came in and she said to me, uh, are you cool? I said, yes, I'm cool. She said, uh, my parents... Again, I don't remember. Dementia or Alzheimer's. Uh, they weren't supposed to be there. Their caretaker was taking care of them, stepped out. They were staying at the Blue and Green Diamond down the street. They walked from the Blue and Green Diamond by themselves to the hotel where they love having dinner. They didn't have any reservation. Uh, and uh, she told me that, uh, you know, the food and beverage director brought them in Hakkasan. It was packed. Uh, got them a private table. They had a private dinner. They got mm-hmm. them a change of pants. And she was so grateful for me. She was crying. She was hugging me. And again, like best part about a bad day is that you wake up and have a fresh one tomorrow. That experience uh, always makes me look back to why I started this because you can be having a bad day, a bunch of people can tell you to screw off and it takes that one person to come and change your whole day. And that's what hospitality is all about is you can can change the lives of, of 10 people for the day or change their vacation for the day. You can make a difference for the day but that one person that shows gratitude will make... All ten worth it, even if the nine weren't grateful.
0: A hundred percent. No, that's an insane story, bro. That's an insane story for a first day. Yep. And I'm gonna tell a story from a consumer standpoint, and I think probably you, you know, your partners, your team, and anyone else that works, you know, in a, you know, hospitality type of industry, restaurant type of industry, will appreciate. I um, mean, you, Cole, you know my dad. My dad mm-hmm. has always been the person to stand up for what's right. And I've been like, that's been instilled in me since I've been a little boy. When I was here, probably the last time I probably stayed at this hotel was maybe like, I don't know, two years ago, three Mm -hmm. years ago, I was checking in here at the found blue front desk. The person in front of me in line is going absolutely ballistic, like insane screaming at the front desk manager, this and that, fuck you, fuck this place, this and that. And like. The way I always combat this and look at these things, and sometimes my girlfriend hates it, sometimes she doesn't, depends, but I'm always the same. I always inject myself because the person that has the found blue badge on or the essential hospitality badge on, they can't say, fuck you, you piece of shit to that person. Absolutely not. But me... As the other consumer that's standing behind them, yeah. I can say that to them. Yeah. And I can stick up for the people in the position that can't stick up for themselves. So this person's going on and on. And I always have a classic line. I start off the same way. I say, Excuse me, are you okay? Mm-hmm. You know, I ask them, Are you okay? Get the fuck out of here, don't. This is not your business mm-hmm. and that. I just want to, and then, you know, they go through the whole thing. And then I'll say, At the end of the day, I, this guy was probably like 50 or 60 years old. I said, yeah. At 50 years old, 60 years old, you should understand right from wrong. I'm less than half of your age, and I understand right from wrong. Yeah. I understand that maybe you woke up on the wrong side of the bed or you're having <laughs> a bad day. But the way yeah. in which you're going about this, I mean, you're, I said this to you. I said, you're an old guy. Yeah. You should know to do better in yeah. life. You should know to act better, present yourself better, be more respectful, more professional, more mature about the mm-hmm. situation. Instead of being an asshole... And, you know, this guy can't defend himself. Whatever
1: the scenario is. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And so to all of you out there that are listening, that are consumer at somewhere or, you know, you're eating at a restaurant, inject yourself in there. Because Always. at the end of the day, like, I don't after that, then I was up to check in. They upgraded me to some fucking badass penthouse. Yeah. He's like, thank you so yeah. much. You know, Silent I was hero. like, yeah, I was like, you know, it's nothing more than me sticking up for what's right. And I think we need more of these people in this world that's going to want to stand up for themselves, stand up for the next person in line and fight for what's right instead of like staying in your lane and doing your own thing. Because that's important. So yeah. to all of you listening out there, when you do see someone being rude or you do see a situation taking place, I don't want you, you know, if it's a dangerous situation, you got to feel stay, that one yeah, out. Stay out of that. But <laughs> maybe even <laughs> interject, I yeah. might interject in that one. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, inject yourself in the situation and stick up for what's right. And I think that you would understand Absolutely. and appreciate that if someone did that for one of your team yeah. members. You know, people just got to be good people They're out there. They
1: just got to be nice right? Yeah. And uh, what, I, I'm probably going to screw up this saying, but it, it's, uh, it takes one person to wake up their neighbor. It takes that person and the neighbor to wake up their floor. It takes that floor to wake up their building. It takes that building to wake up their street. It takes that street to wake up their city
0: yeah right? so yeah.
1: It, it's a, it all starts with one person right 100 so that is kind of and that's also the way that we we have our culture right it's just that that one person in the company right it, it i always tell the staff it's like hey guys there's 90 of you here right you guys are the first 90 to kind of establish what what we should be doing here right and everyone has a different way of servicing people and approaching people but if your way's the way to go, let's let's roll with it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I know everything. All right. be a student before a teacher.
0: Always, yeah. Even when, even
1: when you're a leader. Hundred percent,
0: hundred percent.
1: That's culture, man. Culture is everything.
0: Yeah. Listen. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your yeah, your absolutely. busy day, coming on the podcast. Thank you. For those of you I know it's not a visual podcast, but just introduce who's sitting next to us. That's part of your team one okay. more time since so they came we got, in halfway. Yeah,
1: Max Berlowitz, who's our, our vice president of Essential Hospitality. He's one of my best friends. Matt, I don't want to screw up your last name, Boisenheim, but we call him Matthew Boise, right? He's our uh, he's one of our managers here, but he also, you know, is our, our finance guy and, and helps out a lot. You know, again, numbers aren't my strength, but I have someone who that is their strength and right. uses every day. He's very logical. Max is is very interpersonal with people. He knows how to connect with people, uh, similar to to how I run. But you know the best part about these guys, right? Is that uh, again, Matt is the I think Matt is the more logical one out of the two of us. But Max and myself have been best friends for so long, and a lot of people say like, don't work with your best friends, right? That's the worst idea you can have is working with your best friends. But to me, I disagree because we have a chance every day to play devil's advocate, right? Again, I liked what you said about the car thing, yeah. right? Driving home, it's peaceful. That is the only part of my day that I have silence, yeah. right? And half of the time, I don't even listen to music anymore because it's just quiet. Yeah. Um, but Max and myself, we bicker at each other every day in the best way possible, right? Because we want what's best for the company and we're always playing devil's advocate against each other. And I think that, you know, if you have a vision, right, and your friends are willing to get on board with you, Trust them, right? If you've trusted them it, to be your friend for that long, trust them to be your business partner. And, you know, it's actually funny. Max was a poli sci major, poli sci major at FSU. I called him my junior year when I was leaving agriculture, and I told him, I told him, I said, screw that, switch your major to hospitality. And he switched his major, graduated from FSU with hospitality.
0: Amazing. And he,
1: he had no idea about hospitality before. He was always going to go into real estate or sports agency, but he came here and I thought I was gonna spend three months teaching them, you know, the ropes here. He adjusted in three weeks. That's
0: so amazing. we have a
1: great team behind me. So I appreciate them very much. And not just them, but everyone that works around me. And that has given me the opportunity to be here.
0: Listen, Cole, you're crushing it. Your team's crushing Thanks, it. Like I said, in the beginning, proud to call you a friend. Thank you, brother. Excited to see where you go. Let's reconnect next year, yeah, see where you are. Absolutely. So thank you Thanks for coming for on the me. pod. And for all of you listeners out there, when you come to Found Blue, Come say hi to the Essential Hospitality team. Come say hi to us. All right. Thanks, Cole. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Not only is Cole the best of the best, but he's someone that inspires me to know that there's another entrepreneur out there who's my age, who's building a business from the ground up, who has different projects going on, has a team that he's in charge of. You heard us talk about leading by example. You can hear how genuine he is in the conversation that him and I were having. There's no questions I'm sending him ahead of time. There's no scripts. There's no talking points that I'm sending him. That's a real genuine conversation that him and I Had Once we pressed record, it's the same conversation we would have off the podcast when we were recording. It's just two like-minded individuals sitting down and talking through business, talking through leadership, talking through different things in life that help make a difference in terms of pushing someone to the next level and always wanting to see people succeed in what they do and cole i know you're going to be listening to this but i'm truly proud to call you a friend i'm proud to see how far you've gone in only this amount of time i can't wait to see the future i hope that we can build our friendship so that it becomes stronger and stronger and we can build empires together cole is a really awesome individual really awesome and just nice down to earth humble guy And that's what this podcast is all about, bringing on people that are the best of the best in what they do and letting them talk about how they feel, You know, just having that genuine conversation that I was talking about. And with that being said, I hope that you'll go back and listen to other episodes of the podcast if you're a new listener because that's what we do on this show. We bring on different individuals every other week sit down with them, talk through different topics. And it's just an all around, it's a good way to learn more about others, learn more about yourself if you think of things in a different angle. That's why I'm happy that I'm able to host this podcast. I love it so much. Again, thank you all for tuning in and listening to this episode. And like I said, make sure you're subscribed. You can even leave a five-star review. That would mean the world as well. And guess what? I will talk to everyone next time on your favorite podcast. Hey, you might ask someone might ask, "What's your favorite podcast?" Tell them this: The Best of the Best Mavericks Guide to Success. Thank you everybody.